this time we have Tyler with us because you know wow, he decided he he decided he wanted to join us though his uh, his stream's gonna sound like shit because he's on an iPad but you win some you lose some I guess and since Tyler's <laughs> on we're losing you know uh, oh wow. so uh, live stream number two and this should fucking hopefully go better tonight <laughs> I've messed straight fucking swinging I've messed with some of the settings and uh, we need your feedback. So if you uh, are watching the stream and you can drop something in chat and let us know how it looks, I'm still tweaking it to see what works best. But so far, I, I think I've got one. I've got a decent I think I have a decent setup going on. So uh, we'll see what happens. But tonight we are live again for our second live episode in episode 112 of the podcast, which I am calling finally competitive. I was going to call it finally competitive plus some sad news. Except for that headline is too large to fit on Twitter without taking up said. more than one line. How are you guys doing tonight before we get into it? Because we got uh, a bit to talk about. I'm doing good. The weather is not at freezing anymore. Must be <laughs> it's nice. actually, yeah, it's uh, what 37 degrees out. I was outside, went to the gym, came out of the gym, had shorts on, had a t-shirt on. I'm like, holy shit, this is like beach weather. It's been like below 10 degrees, like for the last two weeks so it's been perfect pond hockey weather but besides that it's been brutal so i mean to have a little bit of warm ish weather is good how, how about you Ryan? are you in the 30s and you're like on the the ocean i'm not on the ocean well you're close, you're enough. close enough it's like us having the lake effect yeah i don't know i know we're supposed to get more like rain and i don't know we're sitting at like 18 so. degrees and like a, about a foot of snow right now so we're about to yeah, get that, fucking that was us, hold again yeah that was us last week so yeah well you're not we're probably going to be getting that again soon too I, yeah it's supposed to snow thursday and friday so that's fun not allowed to be happy ryan your turn <laughs> so. um yeah i mean i'm not bad got uh it was a full party today this is canton ohio that's not canton michigan what the fuck weather channel um <laughs> Anyways, I thought we were like all really, really worried about the weather when that just does not matter at See, all. You mention it and then I look at it and now there's nothing happening. So I'm actually very okay with that. We had a bit of a snow day impromptu. Our uh, daycare said that they were closed. So thankfully the wife was already home and that didn't cause an issue because my day was full of meetings. So that would have been awful. Yeah. Um, but other than that, good, I guess. We have some things to talk about that might make me mildly upset, like fucking Chicago and losing to them again. Well, oh, you, two and one. You know, the Chicago Blackhawks this year. But you know what we can say, and I guess we'll just get right into it. We have been better. Those that game was yeah. a good yeah. game. It was a good yeah. game. I yes, only it was. was. It was. Uh, I maybe only yelled at my TV once. Here's Chicago. the frustrating part Why? to me, though. I listen to some of these podcasts, and I'm not going to name names. And we talk about like, oh, well, we're trying to win dirty games, and like, and and I I hear some people on Twitter you say like dirty totally, games. Yes, dirty games, like you know, two one three one, three two four three, uh, whatever. Close okay, games. Yeah. But here's the thing: is that the goal? Is that the goal of this team? Are we looking to win? The goal is to win. Yeah. My, okay, I understand that, but the goal is to build the team like to be Tampa competitive Bay for like 
Yeah. Yes. You're, you're yes. But okay, Tyler, so, you're putting. So you're saying for this year is what you're saying. Sure, but you're putting the cart in front of the horse. You're saying let's be competitive. Let's let's be Tampa now, and we can't be Tampa no, now. Well, that's impossible. No, right now we can be the 2020-21 Detroit Red Wings, which are looking much better in the second half of the season than they did true. in the first half of the season, which is not hard to do. Half? No one. Well, the second say? half of the season so far. We're a quarter of the way through the season. The, these, the second half of the games we've played so far is better than the first half of the games that we've played. Yeah, yes. I, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. Got yeah. it. I, I was about to have the math gif just of uh, Zach Galifianakis pop up on the screen for me right there as I was trying to calculate where we were at in the year. You just looking real confused. Yep, sure happened. Um, but yeah, so we are, I think, doing a lot. Uh, we're doing a lot better. And uh, that makes me happy. So when... Uh, oh. We won a game, okay? We won convincingly against Nashville, even though Pecorine looked real not good. Awful. <laughs> was he hungover? Because that was... I mean, I get sometimes that Rene has a curse against us, which has been fantastic in the past, but that was some bad goaltending. That was... I'm going to take flag for this. That was Jimmy Howard-esque of last season. Bad goaltending. Yeah, I don't know what happened with him. And it would be interesting to find out what happened with him, but uh, he, he was pulled, and but we still won. I mean, we won. And if you look down at our little fun little streamer on the bottom, uh, we won four to two. And they scored their goals at like in the third period. Rocco Grimaldi had a goal that was actually really, really one. nice. Yeah, he blew right by the defenseman on the left wing there, and he just came in and ripped a shot. Um, I think it was far side on, uh, what was it, Grice? It was Grice, right? Mm-hmm. Or was yep. it Bernier? No, it was, no, it was Bernier. Was no, it? it was Grice. No, Bernie it just got Grice. back. Yep. Oh, that's right. Bernie played the Chicago game. No, that's right. But, yeah, that was an uh, unbelievable shot. And I mean, if it wasn't for that goal, I mean, that's a 4-1 win. So, but uh, yeah, It's still a good game overall, though. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I agree. And Mickey made a short pun, and it was hilarious. Oh, that was great, huh? He didn't that, realize. That, that, no, no. Uh, that interaction was. Fa- I don't. Do you have the, the actual like conversation pulled up by chance? Because that was absolutely hilarious. No, but it was really funny. He he said uh, something like that's the long and short of it, or like it's gonna there be short changed or something like that. And it's and then he didn't catch himself. And Ken no. Daniels is like, <laughs> no pun intended. And Mick's like, what? What are you? What are you talking about? And then they go on to talk about how Rocco Grimaldi is real short. So. Yeah, no, it was really good, and that was a good game. Um, yeah, the first well, the first Nashville game was really good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is I think what we could say is it, what was surprising about the first game. You know, looking at the stats here, is that they looked sluggish out the gate, and the the concern was oh, shit. We're giving Nashville power play opportunities, which really you can say that any time that we go um, on the PK because we like to allow goals, but it looked like a period that Nashville was just going to maintain and control. And then we had that, Oh, piece candy. Robbie Fabry scores with 30 seconds to go, which never seems to happen. And it tied the game up and it kind of maybe flipped things on the ice. Cause the second period seemed like a lot more balanced of a game. And then what we thought was going to be the official backbreaker late in the second period as they went along. Cause really it was, I think the whole, the two games set, there was a lot of, surprise maybe you could say we knew that nashville is a better team but i think as you mentioned now that we're back to a pretty much healthy roster 
minus DeKaiser, which we'll touch on. Yep. Um, it's they're they're competing the way that we expected them to. Are they a great team? They're pushing themselves further. No, but they didn't break like the second period. Duchesne scored a goal at the nineteen nineteen minute mark, and then. 13, 15 seconds later, Mark Stahl has the game tying goal, which is incredible in its own right. But yeah. <laughs> it's uh, they're they're sure. sticking, they're staying strong out there, and they lost this game three to two again on a backbreaker late at the end of the period. But there really wasn't anything they could do about it, and that's where we're just like, well, shit. And I mean, so, if they could if they could put a puck in a net on a power play, we'd probably <laughs> win. Uh, some games, but again, since we have talked last, uh, we've still not scored a power play goal. Well, no. here's I was going to say something just about that. I mean, you know, you you kind of look going into the Nashville series like, okay, Nashville's, I believe they were the worst power play in the NHL, or penalty killing in the NHL. And, I mean, you, you thought if there was any chance for them to make hay, you know, they would they would make hay by scoring against Nashville, but they were 0 for 8 on the power play. And I, I hate to tell you, but it really didn't look that pretty either. So, I mean, I, I don't know what more they have to do. I think they had some really good looks with Bobby Ryan down down below the goal line where he kind of would get the puck down low and kind of get it back around. And, I mean, it, he looked all right back there. It seemed like the Zadina unit was working a lot better than than even the first unit. So I I don't I don't know. I mean Nashville's sixty seven point eight percent. I mean that's about as bad as it gets, uh, penalty kill wise. And they couldn't yeah. they couldn't score a goal. The, so no. the the penalty kill was better. But if you look, it, yeah, uh, it's been maintained too. That's the other. Thing. Yeah. Now the power play looked slightly better against Chicago, but when you watch Chicago on a power play. That was just, I mean, Patrick Kane all over the ice gets Movement. open. We've hit gets, on this on the last episode. And, and it seems like the Red Wings move in, set up, and then just try and cycle the puck around until someone pokes it out. They've got somebody it sitting just mad, below man. the faceoff dot. But the thing is, and Mickey made the big comment about this in the last game against Chicago, they're too far out. Yep. Like Zadina is setting up. I've been saying this. Yep. So, but it's like it's the recurring theme that we're getting to, is that you see Zadina sitting up in right outside the faceoff dot, but Mickey's like, "You're too far out. You need to get in tighter." He's saying that though against against the entire group, because as you just said, Greg, they're they're content, and it's got to be they're only sticking to the scheme and not just letting the talent take over, because you got two guys sitting on the outside of the, the faceoff circles on a, a, either end. And you've got one guy sitting up at the very top of the point, right in the middle of the ice, and he kind of floats back and forth. But other than that, no one else is moving. When they finally get the puck movement going, they actually they actually looked like a team that could score a goal that didn't just they couldn't connect with it. Zadina, you thought I thought he was going to have one for sure yesterday, or against Chicago, but it just yep. wasn't clicking. But when they finally had a, a unit that had all five guys moving at a time. Yep. Chicago couldn't keep up. They actually looked like a professional hockey team. On the and power just play. couldn't put the puck in the net. on the power yes. play. Go ahead. So the, 
first thing is, I mean, for people that don't know hockey or have never played the game of hockey, you know, you think you have a power play and that, you know, you have the man advantage and, and it's it's kind of time to, you know, go out there and, and kind of dick around and, and kind of, you know, just, just whip the puck around and see what happens. No, it's you have to work 10 times harder because the the four guys out there are busting their ass trying to get the puck out of the zone so and, and trying to kill the penalty on you. And then the other thing that I say as well is they they don't move in enough and they don't move enough that's the other thing they, they they're kind of stationary they're they're content on on making you know one play happen and if that play doesn't happen then oh shit you know then then everything goes to shit and my thing with the power play is in hockey a power play is not a one set play boom, that's what you have. It's options. It's kind of like football where a quarterback has an option to either pitch it or get it and throw it. It's, is this guy open? No, if he's not, then there's a guy open over here. Because in a power play, as we all know, there should be one guy open no matter what because there's five guys out there, not four, whatever. You know, you guys know what I'm saying. Right, but, but if you're the, standing around, that's not going to happen. No, It's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. I've seen power plays w- with the Red Wings, even back when Zetterberg and Datsuk were still around, a power plays just standing still and not moving and – you know, back in those days, that was unacceptable because the talent was there. The talent mm-hmm. was there. It was evident that the talent was there. Now, of course, the talent is not not anything compared to what it was back in those days. But you get what I'm saying. The, the effort level is still not there power play-wise. And I think they're also in their head now at this point as well. And the other caveat to that is you don't even necessarily need to be moving, but move the puck. Yep. Like that's the other thing is they get the puck along the boards or even at the point for that matter, and they stop and skate. They have, they stay they they either move back and forth or they're stationary and they're waiting for someone to do something. Then nothing happens. And what's that? What's that allowing the other team to do? Gets reset and in a position to take away your passes, take away your shooting lanes, take away down low. I mean, it's it, it could, every game is almost the exact same. WTF moment with the power play. I mean, I will say going back to the PK side, they had allowed a power play goal going back to the first Chicago game, one, two, three, four, five, six straight games that they allowed a power play goal. And then they went to Tampa started at the start of this six game road trip that they just finished up a couple nights ago. And they went three games in a row without a goal, then back to back with one. And now they've had back to back games with no goals. So the PK when was the last power play goal since the 7-3 loss to the Dallas Stars on January 28th. It has been, what, two, three weeks now since we scored a power play goal? Are they 0 for 28 now? 26 opportunities since that Dallas game. I don't know which goal they scored the power play goal in against Dallas. So I think it's around 27 attempts that they've had since their last power play goal. And to put it in perspective, our power play is at 7.55%. But our penalty kill is up to 73.47%. The league average right now is 79.02. If, if you've noted, this, noted a trend uh, each week that we've talked, it's that the power play percentage has gotten worse. Because <laughs> we were, I believe, at the start, at a little over 11% of really digging into the power play. Yeah, it yep. wasn't Last too week. bad. It was 10th at one point, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. It wasn't 
dead last by but it wasn't a mile dead and a half. Last. It was middle of the road. Yeah, we were outside the bottom five, and now we are the bottom five. The only team that's been consistently worse than our power Minnesota. play has been Minnesota. They yeah. also haven't played as many games. We played six games more games. Played? 17, they played, yeah, okay. Yeah, so they've got ground to make up to be better than us, which shouldn't be too hard since we're terrible. <laughs> but uh, so then, like five percent better or worse than us right now. So besides mm. special teams, our last few games have been, I would say, good. We've been, yeah. we've done exactly what we're supposed to do. We've They're been doing competitive. What we hope they would. They're playing to win. They're just not winning. Like the the last game, the the Chicago game that we took to overtime. We deserved a point in that game. We actually probably should have won that game. Yes. But, I mean, again, it's it's overtime. Your goalie... I mean, Grice has been good in some games and then okay in other games. I'll say that the game, like I said earlier, the game against Pecorine, Pecorine looked terrible, and he yeah. got pulled. He led in some soft goals. A Luke Glendening backhand. Adam Ernie scored on him. Now the Ernie um, goal was pretty. I will give him credit for that one. He sh- he roofed that backhander in as many as you probably saw if you're on Twitter. There was the comparison to the Datsuk goal, obviously against Pekarene and the Nashville Predator several years ago. But the difference being Datsuk, you know, split four defenders at the blue line and then danced in and had it trickle through Marina. It was pretty, and everyone got really excited. But yeah, it yeah. was that that goal. I think was pretty. Yeah, so it's and it only goes to boost Adam Ernie's shooting percentage, which is now at nine point one percent. He's missing time. It's good for him. He's doing what we would hope to. Like I'm going in here to look at shooting percentages because I'm like I wonder what Adam Ernie's is in. Um, top shooting percentage is Tyler Bertuzzi, twenty five percent. So one out of every four shots that he takes is going in the net. Uh, followed by Robbie Fabry at twenty three point five percent. Uh, can you guys venture a guess at who comes in third place for shooting percentage with 16.7? It's Anthony Mantha, isn't it? No. I'm looking at it, no. so I'm not going to say. It's Valtteri Filpola. Oh, uh, 16.7% shooting yes. percentage. Can we talk about that for a second? He has a 16, almost 17% shooting percentage on six shots. <laughs> in 13 one, games. One goal on six shots in 13 games because, God forbid, when he gets in close, what's he do? Pass it. Valtteri Filppula is averaging less than half a shot per game, which is uh, actually, I would say, impressive. I'm going to go with that, yeah. Like, when you look at the reverse of it and you look at someone like Anthony Mantha in 16 games has 42 shots. <laughs> uh, someone like, uh, let's see, Dylan Larkin in 17 games has 57 shots. So uh, you get these guys that get a puck on net. It's like Filppula doesn't want the puck anywhere near the uh-uh. net. Nope. And the only player that has less shot attempts than Valtteri Filppula that have played, played really, Alex Biega played one game and had one shot. That's so, it. The, the list stops right there. Uh, around him, Michael Rasmussen had eight shots in eight games, which that's a shot per game. That's You can ask that. Danny DeKaiser had eight shots in ten games. So Yeah. Where's he been? Who? Who? Rasmussen. He got Grand sent Rapids. Down, right? He got yeah, sent okay, back down, right. yeah. That's yeah, he's right. in Grand Rapids. When everybody got back healthy, they he was the first on the chopping block, which isn't surprising, unfortunately. Yeah. Um so I think I think we have and I think we said this last week, Ryan, is we're at a point 
where this is what we expected the Red Wings to be, even though the fan base, uh, the collect, and I use fan base. It is now. Yeah, I I say fan base as uh, the giant collective of people. I know people on Twitter tend to be a little bit um, more realistic about the team, but there's still a lot of people that are... There's a lot of reactions. There's a lot of, yeah, and it's mostly complaining, like, we should have won that game. Agreed, probably should have won that game. But you can see the reasons we didn't win that game. If you can score one power play goal, you win that game. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. You win. And that's and that's the reason right there. If you could score a power play goal, if your special teams could, could do something, you would win more games than you would lose. That's just, I mean, that's, that's the rules of chances. If you score more, uh, if you get more opportunities at higher scoring chances, you're more than likely to get one in and, and turn the game around. But it's not going to happen when you've literally got uh, the NHL's, besides Minnesota, who he said didn't have as many games as us, the NHL's worst power play. And I'd venture to say out of most major leagues, we probably have one of the worst power plays. So mm. it's yeah. it's yeah. just, that's the frustrating part, is at some point you got to go look our power play is ass. What can we do to, what can I do as my job? I'm Dan Bilesma. Hi, I won a Stanley cup with a loaded penguins roster that I only coached for a few months, but I am in charge of the Detroit Red Wings power play. How do I make this work? Instead, he goes, well, if we keep doing the same thing over and over again, maybe at one point we'll, we'll score a goal. And that's, completely unacceptable that's pretty much the point that no, it's they're banging it their like. head against a cement wall and hoping that the the you know the 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 tide changes i mean there's no there's no other way to put it they're they're doing the same thing over and over i will say one thing about the power play the the zone entry has gotten better yes that's about it's like they're, they're doing baby steps of okay let's fix this but and you don't. We'll go. You don't but have you to know fix stuff. Sh- power play by power play. You can fix more than one thing at a time. You know that's what makes sense, Greg. And right now it doesn't make sense. And so, our problems you, we have are pretty elementary problems. It's easy stuff to to fix. I just wonder how much they're working on it in practice. I know they're not practicing as much as I mean, usual with with everything going on in in the world. And they're still doing but, uh, daily skates, just about, aren't they? Yeah. Or are they limited on what they can well, do? They're not no, limited on how they can limited. practice. So, okay. like, I didn't think so. If you needed to dedicate an entire practice to power play and changing the power play and trying to score on the power play, um, Might that's be good. Yeah, and that should be at least one practice should be that. But nice. I think we're gonna stop talking about the power play, or else one of us is gonna have an aneurysm. Good chance. And um, well, we're kind of like Jeff Blaschel talking about the process. I mean, we're just doing our best Jeff Blaschel impressions. <laughs> mm, that's not a bad. You gotta trust it. The guys competed. What do we it's have all about to do? The process. There, we boys. have to. We have to score. 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 We score a goal. Let's need to work on my my Blaschel impersonation. Get, get pucks in deep. Get pucks in net. Win some hockey games. That's we'll what we gotta goal, do. Like put butter on the bread. Yes. So so I think we're gonna go on to <laughs> to a little bit of the actual news. Uh, which is the first piece There's the first piece that came uh, down the line was I open up Twitter and see Danny DeKaiser was waived. It, it came we, through did mid- anyone, did anybody think that that was coming? Uh, no, midday on Valentine's? No, I did not see Danny DeKaiser getting waived. That wasn't on my Red Wings bingo card. Uh, <laughs> but Danny DeKaiser had been a healthy scratch 
uh, for a few games. He had not looked back. You could tell he was not back to normal. Um, back surgery is a bitch to come back from. Uh, Blashel had a good uh, thing where he said it, it's a major surgery. I mean, you're looking mm-hmm. at a year and a half to two years to, to try and get back to 100%. That's even if you get back to 100%. So, DeKaiser clearly was laboring out there slower than normal. And I just, they sat him. It may not have been getting better. And our our defense is technically, I think, one of the top 10 defenses in in five-on-five right now. Uh, And without DeKaiser. So, there's no need for him in the lineup currently. So, at first, we thought they were just going to wave him and, and sit him or try and trade him. He went to the taxi squad. So Danny DeKaiser, taxi squad captain, uh, that's sure. that's currently what is happening with him. But I was no, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. No, I was it's surprised it, too. For for what we were hoping for and expecting from this defense, I mean, we knew they were still going to struggle, and they they made comment to this as well, especially the guys that were out on COVID. That that pretty much derailed their hot start, which is what we were hoping would not happen because we know that this team is not that deep. So that is just the worst possible scenario that could take place. And it did. But what has escalated that, I think, is the fact that you mentioned DeKaiser hasn't looked the same. And, and Blaschel made that very clear. He doesn't have the lower body strength. He said, I think his quote was, he's playing on one leg. So for what he needs to be doing back there, he's not getting any younger. He's, what, 31, 32 years old? So you need him to be able to be mobile. And for the minutes that he was eaten up, he was one of your top minute guys on defense. So doing that, you know that it's taken its toll. And I'm not speaking from a professional athlete's point of view, but someone that has lower lumbar back issues, it sucks. And when something's wrong, every single thing that you do, you feel it especially when you re-aggravate it, regardless of surgery or no surgery. Yeah. It is not easy to do things. And to do, to have to skate and have to drive and shoot, hit, do all those things with that type of injury, good luck. And the way that DeKaiser's done it so far, I actually applaud him for it. But now it's just the reality of the situation is that we've got a fully healthy team and the guys that are out there are doing their jobs the way we'd hope. Like Stahl's doing, I feel like, playing better. He was the, He's the played whipping boy for a bit. Um, you've got Stetcher's looking like one of your top guys. The the biggest disappointment I think has been Mark Stahl. Next to, to, to Kaiser, other than Stahl, has been probably heroic, but he's still doing enough to really do what no, you expect. Dude, you get you're right. You got to applaud him for trying it, and you know maybe he will make it back. I, I don't have a really a doubt in my mind that, that there's a possibility that he could make it back. Well, he's got one more year of a five million dollar contract, so yeah, he's gone. Well, I'm just saying this year, potentially. I mean, I, I think you'll probably see him back in the lineup at some point. But he's mm-hmm. got to get some strength back. He's got to get back in the weight room and, and, and try to, and the, to do that point, some though, it's exercising hard. without, you know, hurting himself again. Like I like I said, it's the weight aspect, too. I, I don't know what his injury is. I know with mine in particular, it's a mixture of nerve and disc issues and things like Basically, things are collapsed on top of each other. I can hardly do any, like, I can't barely do squats. I can't do deadlifts. A lot of the things that these guys need to rely upon for lower body strength, it's a very good possibility that he's fallen into the Zetterberg 
situation. Well, yeah, it's time for him to take the uh, TB12 diet. Then it seems well, like <laughs> they they said that uh, that you in yeah, it's like how much muscle mass can you lose in basically a year uh, over a year of not being able to skate and work out because of major mm-hmm. back surgery. And oh. DeKaiser, I mean, he's around the same age as us, and he was average in the games that he was Speak in for yourself. Season, Nah, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> in, the, in the games that he was playing this season, he, he was averaging 15 and a half minutes on ice. So that's a lot for coming back from surgery. And he did say before the yeah. season that he'd be at 100%. And it's clear that maybe he was at that for a couple games. Mm-hmm. And then it just set in. And at th- I have a, my friend had back surgery in high school from playing football. And he can, can't, is not very mobile when lifting things he can't yep. uh, has to go to the chiropractor like once a month just to get adjusted and it's back is a is a really hard injury to to come back from at a hundred percent and it's it's generally that you will most likely never be at a hundred percent in your career again like the the Zetterberg story where he's over at the Olympics and he's just on the floor in his room and he can't get up because of his back feeling. problems. So it's, it sucks, man. Yeah, and, and it's and it sucks. So this, I mean, hard to say, but could be an early retirement for Danny DeKaiser because back is not a a sports a sports mm-hmm. issue you want to have. No, Definitely and not. actually, I want to make the comment on this because it wasn't something that dawned on me too. So in regards to the early retirement, so just providing a little bit of clarity for those that are probably smarter than me. I apologize for making this dumb, but um, <laughs> speak the... slowly and use a lot of punctuation, <laughs> Ryan. I was confused why when I looked at Cat Friendly the other day, and I think we kind of talked on this last week we too. But just reiterating because I got reconfirmation is that we won't see LTIR on these guys. So it's just for a friendly reminder, and it's because we're not cap strapped. We're not over the cap limit. Um, so. If it does happen, I mean, Zetterberg falls off after this year. So worst case scenario, he goes on IR for the year because I highly doubt that we're at the cap uh, max again no, next we, season we unless will not we sign be. somebody. But it's very unlikely. So that is the likely scenario for him, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what ends up happening for the remainder of this season at some point. Granted, he's healthy, so that's why he had to go through the waivers portion. But if it turns into a de- degenerative thing, then that could be the scenario next year. As pure speculation, of course. Yeah. Yeah, we just certainly hope that that's not the case. I mean, just considering, I mean, he's he's been in the league a little bit now, but, I mean, he's he's not what you would call old at this point. I mean, he's still, yeah, he's played a lot earlier. In his in his career, but I mean, it's it's still something you hate to see. I mean, I guess is the best way to put it. It's he's he's had a pretty good career for being an undrafted college free agent. Yeah, out of Western Michigan. Yep, the Broncos, the good old Broncos. So Danny DeKaiser. (laughs) Hold on, um, hold on. on. Can you you say Broncos again? Broncos. Broncos. The good old Broncos. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler, you need to get out of Boston. (laughs) Boston. The the Broncos. The Broncos. Uh, I don't have a Boston accent. You do do a little bit. At least a little bit. There's certain things that comes out on it, and right there was one of them. Yeah, especially when we (laughs) pronounce words wrong, you're like, it's Worcester. You got to say Worcester. You mean Worcester? (laughs) No, it's a Worcestershire. Uh, But... 
but yeah, so Danny DeKaiser. Um, hey, you be respectful to Worcester. We have a we have a minor league baseball team now, the Triple A Red Sox. Team oh, that's, that's your great. cookies in the mail. Yeah, who cares? Uh, you want, <laughs> we'll send you a tiny trophy. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Danny DeKaiser, captain of the taxi squad. We'll see what yeah. happens towards the end of the year. And it, the other thing too, it's not like he, this is the end of the line for him either. If if he managed to get the strength back, he can still be on this roster. He hits the waivers, so he's technically can still play with the team, I believe, for the next thirty days from when he went to waivers, correct? Uh, so he well, can he's go sitting, back. He's sitting on the taxi squad, so right. But he can go back and forth without having to go back through waivers. Is that correct? Sure. Yes, but I think because they waived him and then placed him on the taxi squad, um, I'm not sure if that interferes mm, with waivers. Point. Okay. Um, because they are separate transactions, I believe. Right. So, so if he hadn't been assigned to that, he would be. Well, yeah. He'd have to be. He would have had to have been assigned somewhere. Okay. I don't know. Well, we'll when figure you're, it out. I, I would guess waivers would supersede taxi squad. I would say mm-hmm. that if you were placed on waivers and not picked up, you've got that 30 day buffer. So I'm assuming if he goes to taxi squad, comes back and plays, he could go back Which, and forth to the taxi squad without yes. having to be waived again for another 30 days. That was my assumption. That's what I was. The point that's what I would to. guess. Okay. So that's where we're sitting on DeKaiser. Now, um, we also learned another important lesson, Ryan, is that we're not allowed to overly um, praise a player and look at what good they've done because then they will be sent down to Grand Rapids. As is the as is the case of Giovanni Smith, so who um, now it is, but it isn't. Now it makes I'm gonna, sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna ease your minds, people, because I know a lot of people very angry, visceral reactions. That to, is putting it lightly. to Giovanni Smith being sent to Grand Rapids, and I'll tell you and, this, and, and on their side of it, rightfully sure. so. But you can be continue. angry to a point. Here's how I'm looking at it from a, a purely developmental perspective. And thank you, DMAC, for this as well. So, Giovanni Smith is waiver exempt. He can be moved yep. freely between Grand Rapids and the Taxi Squad and the Red Wings without the chance of exposing him to other teams. And now, some Brome as well. Sure. Now, what I'm looking at, at this is Giovanni Smith was averaging, and if I go back to my little list here Giovanni Smith average time on ice was nine minutes and 55 seconds a night that is Holy not shit, it went down it was it over just a little over 10 yeah nine nine fifty in eight games Man. 955 so and again we went through all his stats last week he has good stats good on ice save he has a good on save ice percentage shooting. for the goalie when he's on the ice for yeah on ice yeah he's he's got a good on ice save he's got a good uh on ice shoot he's got a 10 percent shooting percentage which is respectable mm-hmm. And it's and he was doing well. Yes. Now he has proven he can play in the NHL. He has proven yes. he could play a, a mid six role in the NHL, which is phenomenal. More than you probably ever thought Giovanni Smith could do. And, and because when when we had talked about him in previous years, you had thought about him as a bottom line, fourth line, third line, fourth line, checking grinder. grinder. Yep. Um, a Mitch Callahan type of dude. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But he. <laughs> But he has proven that he can do more than that, which is great. Now, you're gonna are you gonna keep him in Detroit and play him 10, 11, 12? People are saying give him Franz Nielsen's minutes. Fine, give him Franz Nielsen's minutes. He's only playing 12 minutes a night then. Mm-hmm. 12, 17. You're still burying him to do nothing. Sure. 12, 17 is what Franz Nielsen is playing per night. Adam Ernie, 11 minutes and 11 seconds a night. 
you're looking at guys like that who who he would replace Val Filpola 15 minutes and 9 seconds a night is his average. So sure, give him Filpola minutes, whatever, 15 minutes a night. That would be respectable. I that would see be respectable. That but I don't think you're full-time working him into um, a power play situation. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure you're full-time working him into a penalty kill at that point. No. Or do I you would put him on him... the penalty kill. But, I think you could probably kill Well, yeah, but you're, not, you're still not making up for those minutes with what we're talking about. Exactly. Now. So, or no. do you move him to Grand Rapids? You play him top line 20 minutes a night, and you give him... Uh, high PK and high power, uh, high PK and high power play minutes, mm-hmm. and just get him in a on a team to compete for something meaningful, uh, day in day out. Maybe get him play uh, playoff experience, get him high minutes, and just tell him like Eiserman has conversations with the players before they're sent down to Grand Rapids. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would imagine that the conversation with Giovanni Smith was like, look. You proved you can do this. Here's a couple things you need to to tie up. And you've got a spot. I mean, we've got 11 guys signed for next season. You've got a spot next season. Yeah. Like, it's it's it would be hard for Giovanni Smith not to make the team next season after showing what he did in his eight games here. And, and he'll be back. I think he'll be back because you can see COVID issues again. You can see injury issues, whatever. Trade. But... Or a trade, yeah, a trade deadline comes, and I think you're showcasing Philpola at 15 minutes a night to try to at least get a fourth-round pick mm-hmm. out of him. But it's it's people are reacting very, very viscerally to the to the movement of Giovanni Smith, and it's it's kind of like you you almost saw it was going to happen, and you can understand why it did happen. But I right. understand the fan reaction because he's been good. For God's sakes, he got a Gordie Howe hat trick. But um, you could see why people would be upset because he was just, he was really good. When he was on, he was on. And he fit a mold of an old school Red Wings player. Yep. Gordie Howe hat trick. Well, yeah, the Gordie Howe hat trick. But he was, he's a tough son of a bitch. He's going to go toe to toe with anybody. He's going to piss people off. Yep, he's going to piss people off. He's going to get in the face of the goalie, and he's protecting your top guys, which is something we don't have on this roster. And I think that's why maybe there's an extra little bit of endearment for him uh, is that he's just a badass guy. And we talked about this even going into last year, what expectation and hope we have for him is that he has the potential to be middle six at best that's pushing it, but he's going to be your bottom six rotating, but he can fit anywhere he can play on um, the power play. He can play your penalty kill. He's an, a do-it-all guy, a la Darren Helm or Luke Glendinney. Maybe he's got a little bit extra scoring oomph in there, which is definitely what this team, you know, their secondary score. He's the Red shit. Wings' Don Kelly. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that is how you bring in fans right there. Donnie Kelly, baby. Um, but I, mean, I was talking just tonight to Keith at Dead Squid, one of our guys out in Grand Rapids that we always go back and forth with. He made the point that you did at the start. You put him on a top line in Grand Rapids with Michael Rasmussen, and you develop that chemistry. I'm reading his quote, his tweet directly, and it's a perfect point. Develop that chemistry for when they both return to a to be a dominant third NHL line, and that's exactly what we can hope for. Because next year, because the other thing, we'll get to the other person that was called up to the taxi squad. I don't want to touch it yet, but we know what Giovanni Smith can bring to this roster. 
He is still a restricted free agent, so Detroit has full control of him. I think he still has to go through one more year before he can even get to the arbitration portion. I believe so. so. We talked about it last uh, Yeah, last so week. We've, we've got a couple years of direct control over what he can or can't do. And that's important because we have so many roster spots that are going to need filled this year and next year. And it's going to turn into his for the, like, it's his spot to lose. And, but he's doing what he needs to, excuse me. He's doing, okay, Jesus. I had to like burp and hiccup and it just kind of sounded like (laughs) I died a little bit, but, but no, he's doing what he needs to do now to make sure that he is here then, if that makes sense. Yeah, he he's doing what he needs to do now to and it's purely secure, business decision to secure his position in the lineup. Yep. So and it's it, all it's all the business part of it. That's and that's the hardest thing that all of us as fans get hung up on. Yeah, we get the emotional uh, uh, reaction to the moves, but again, it's a bit and that's the hard thing for I think a lot of people to just remember. It's a business that you have to make moves not just because the person's playing good or. Mm-hmm. Iserman uh, knows the team's not going anywhere this year and we know and, and we'll talk about this a little bit too is is that the draft lottery is going to be changing so it's you need to secure your position you know you're not going to be good so you might as well make the most of not being good by getting a good pick and just letting your guys know listen you've done enough you've shown what you can do you've shown you've got the talent go bust your ass in Grand Rapids get as much experience as you can and I'll give the video game analogy. It's, do you want to level, you level up quicker by playing more minutes, mm-hmm. getting yeah. more experience. It's the time you put in to gain that experience. That's a and good really, way to so, put it. And really with that point too, is that that's where, and McCarty has hit on this with us the last, like probably week, two weeks. Is the yeah, we've had some good part. back and forth with Darren. Yeah, he's he's been more active on Twitter and it's been fantastic. So if you're not following him, I think it was a Darren McCarty four. Yep, is his handle. So make sure you go hit him up. But the patience part, because we have a lot of young, skilled forwards and defensemen for that matter that are on the cusp of making this roster. How much better is it going to be with them? That is to be determined. But we've got Joe Valino, Michael Rasmussen. Svechnikov, who we're about to talk about. There's Tara Hirose. This is just the guys that we know of are right there right now. Yep. That could potentially be impact players. And we don't even, not even talking about Soder Golderblom over there in over Elmer in the Golderblom. <laughs> We've touched on him before. Mm. But we're not even talking about Jonathan Bergman, who's been lighting it up oh in my the God. SHL, who could very well be the reincarnation of Nyquist or Zetterberg 2.0. But there's young guys that we're just not here yet, not ready yet, that are in the Giovanni Smith like category. Field of play, category already. Yeah. Yeah. That are are like, okay, we just gotta wait for things to happen. And it's what's that thing to happen? The Steve Eiserman roster to take effect, not the Ken Holland roster. Yeah. It's and like we're just pretty follow, much already there. Follow the trail of breadcrumbs and they're they're good things at the end, we promise. Mm-hmm. Um, After but this you- season the only remaining player on roster, technically, that Iserman hasn't signed or re-signed will be Dylan Larkin and Franz Nielsen, if I'm looking at this correctly. The Iserman, you mean leftover from Ken Holland? So, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I said man, I didn't include Mantha there because Iserman signed him to the extension that he did to include Bertuzzi. Yep. So, Bertuzzi. I'm, 
Yeah, so those are guys, but like the Ken Holland roster. DeKaiser. He's on. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the main roster. So yeah, yep. DeKaiser, DeKaiser, Nielsen, and Larkin are the only remaining contracts that I can see here that were from what Ken Holland had signed. What yep. about Bernier? So that, that tells you what has happened in the last several years. This Bernier. is Bernier's last season. Was Bernier signed under Ken? Oh, right. Yep. Yeah, he was signed well, by okay, Ken I'm, Holland. So this roster has, I get it, there's carryover. We got, including this season, yeah, we have all the, the, the spots coming to an end. But next year is where all these, these contracts fall off. And with the exception of Franz Nielsen, this is going to be a Steve Eisenman roster. Yep. And that's what we, we've been waiting for. It's what we want. Yes. Yeah, I've, I mean, even even you look at the, uh, you know, a lot of the draft picks that are still up here, you know, like mm-hmm. Bob Rasmussen and Giovanni <laughs> Smith are both in, in Grand Rapids right now. But, you know, you have the Larkins, you have the Manthas, Bertuzzi, but you also have the Rasmussens, you have the uh, Svechnikov, who just got called up to the taxi squad. Uh, you have Philip Zadina. I mean, you know, a lot of those guys. Fabry, Nemestikov. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, like we we've said it over and over again. It'll be interesting to see what happens when when this roster is a hundred percent Eisermans because that's what happened in Tampa. Is uh, they they didn't really take off until Eiserman had full control of the roster. Mm-hmm. You know what though. People don't take take this into consideration. Eisenman went to the conference finals on his second year, and a lot of that had to do with whoever the GM was there before, because you know they drafted Hedman and Stamkos. Well, Hedman, Hed, Hedman and Stamkos, yeah. I mean, we they had that level of player. Which I said Eisenman, didn't I? I meant Eisenman. Ken Holland's first cup was Devilano's cup, so. Yeah. It's, oh no, I understand that. I'm I'm just I'm I'm not saying that Eisenman didn't build the Lightning. He did. He built that Stanley Cup contending team, and then you know the team that eventually won the Cup last year. I'm just saying the guys he inherited a lot more in Tampa than he did here. In, so far, oh totally, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, our, our lesson, Ryan, we're not allowed to be nice to people because when we're nice to people, <sighs> they get demoted, um, and people lose That's their so goddamn true. minds now. The other part of news that has come out of this, and I think well, before we get to this, we mentioned it, the uh, NHL will be tra- changing the draft lottery this season. Um, is that confirmed or is that just the speculation? They they are. Uh, Pierre Lebrun from The Athletic uh, and also your television set probably um, said that the, uh, Bill Daly, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, had said that uh, they will be changing the draft lottery because the G, there are enough GMs that are not happy with it. And there was an overwhelming response that said, Detroit should not have been in last place by that much and picked fourth. And we weren't the only ones to say that. So when other teams say that uh, we probably should have gotten a higher pick, then the deputy commissioner is going to listen to them, especially I. It's ridiculous. It, it, it we is. We don't have to go into it, but so, it's ridiculous that a team like the New York Rangers, with all the talent that they have, have Alexis Lafreniere to add. Let's to put it. air quotes around all the talent they have, but uh, it's it will be changed. We don't know how yet. There was uh, some talk about uh, them saying that and it wasn't them it was bill daly saying something around the effect of there was talk that if you pick in the top three there should be a certain number of years where you can't pick in the top three again mm-hmm. and the general managers don't like that yeah i don't like so that i think what it'll end up being is at this point i don't think they're going to totally redo the entire system 
they said that they'll probably the the idea is to increase odds for the last place team uh from to something higher than 18 and a half percent no um, shit it should be like a coin toss, make it 50 50 or whatever. Or don't, I like the other method of you can't drop further than one spot in the draft. So it, we'll or see what happens. I like that too, first. because, sure. because then if you're the worst team in the NHL, the furthest you can drop back is two. You at least pick second. Yeah. But I, there's a been the gold standards been thrown or a gold plan or whatever they want to call it's been thrown around and, and there's a bunch of different ideas but they said they will have a a draft of a plan to the general manager sooner rather than later for feedback and it should be something exciting going forward knowing that we could be complete shit and actually get a decent draft pick this time. Well, the thing about the draft lottery that aggravates me and then the thing about it that will continue to aggravate us as well is Seattle is it can pick only fifth, right? That's the farthest they can drop. Mm-hmm. It's fourth okay. or fifth. Yeah, they can fall any fourth or any, fifth. anything further so, than that. So, so they can't drop further than that. And then instead, the NHL had to NHL this thing. They couldn't just leave it alone. They had to NHL it and put a team that was competing for the playoffs that also has a chance at the first overall pick. If they would have just slid everyone up and put the Rangers back there, then what? The, what it, there wouldn't have been a difference. It would have been fine. But no, they had to do what they did and get the Rangers or whoever was going to be that pick to get that and it, it's just well, again Tyler I think I think Seattle can drop to um to six six okay it's, well that's still even then I mean come on I'm running tankathon right now so I'm gonna run it I'm gonna run three sims right now we are drafting second because the only team worse than us is Ottawa so we're gonna look at this when a sim uh we pick third for our first sim we pick fourth for our second sim and we pick fifth for our third sim. Oh, cool. So My first to, one is Seattle got the top pick and Detroit fell to fourth. That's sweet. Yeah, they need to change these rules real quick, but we'll see what happens. Um, I, just oh, stay- this one has Arizona winning the top pick, but it's forfeited <sighs> to the New York Rangers. <laughs> uh, not funny. Not funny it's at not, all. It's awful because Ottawa New York getting the, out of That's New York getting the first pick two years in a uh, row. Seattle, us. Okay, this is fucking. Why am I doing this? this so we're we're just gonna hold off until they actually make some announcements. But it's exciting mm. that that it there's hits. going to be some changes in the lottery that we've um, complained about for an extended period of time. But the last piece of news of the day was that um, Evgeny Svechnikov was recalled from Grand Rapids to the taxi squad, and I believe we play the Carolina Hurricanes coming up here at some point. So, yeah, we play the Carolina Hurricanes on March 4th. So Svechnikov might actually get to make his dream come true and play his brother, which is something he's always wanted to do and has been scorned for the past couple years to to do it. So Svechnikov, who has right now two uh, a goal and an assist in three games for the Griffins, uh, will most likely make his Red Wings debut for this season. Uh, coming up here rather shortly. I'm assuming they'll sit Phil Pillar, they'll sit Nielsen or someone to give Svechnikov some games. That's what I was curious about. Who Who's it going to be that comes out? Is it going to be maybe Brome because he hasn't finally put, he hasn't gotten on the point sheet? I don't think so. He's because just, he, again, is he had one bad game in, in last, the Chicago game. He's all over the play. Jesus I, Christ. He, he just can't finish. Or he, he's, 
he's creating the space. I don't want to go down the. We've gone on the bromate thing. He's had the Nyquist, already, the Nyquist luck from a, a few years ago when he first came. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's hard to from a, a few years ago as well. Mm-hmm. It's 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 hard for me to figure out because we know Helms on the outside looking right now. He hasn't looked the same, so he's been scratched. Philpola uh, has looked better. The fourth line has looked good enough, but it, it props out a guy like Nielsen who we hit make as our current whipping Well, Glenn boy. Denning had a hell of a game the other night. Glenn, Glenn Denning is playing <laughs> exactly Nashville. what you would expect him to do. He, granted, he had his first three-point game in his career a couple nights ago in that 4-2 to victory. So for for one, I'm amazed it's his first three point night. But in a way, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Either way, it was I was an impressive feat because he had that patented backhand goal. Can we talk about Luke Glendening for a second? Now he's a beast. People love to shit on Luke Glendening. How do you shit on him? I had talked to. Oh wait, let me me rephrase that. Time out. Let me rephrase that. I can get shitting on him when he's getting primary offensive zone minutes. Because that's if not you're even out it. There, if you're out there five on five, it's for me as a fan looking at it. I don't want Glenn Denning on the ice five on five unless he's going on a two on one breakaway or scoring the way that he did in his goal, where it's a one on one with a defender and he managed to get the puck on net. That is okay. great. That is where I would like to see Glenn Denning. Okay. Not taking the offensive zone draw. Maybe it's if it's a six on five and then he's getting off the fucking ice. All right. Let me wrap this real quick. Evgeny Svechnikov coming to the Red Wings. Hopefully he plays Sorry. well. His season has been, or his career so far has been derailed by injury. Hopefully he can come in, prove that he has something, maybe earn a contract, and play some time with the Red Wings. Okay, Luke Glendening. Well, let me finish that point then there on, on Svetch, because is he now, he will now have to clear waivers to go back. Uh, yeah, yeah, he will have to so clear waivers. So that is going to be interesting to see how this plays out now, because with what they have for the roster, which I think they're at, they're underneath what they need to be. They're at 20 of 23, so technically he can be brought, I think, to the main roster, and it's not going to impact anything. But if he does come up he, and to go back down to the taxi squad, he will have to clear, which means that the potential of them losing him for nothing is going to exist. Yeah, and they may just wave someone like Alex Biega, and he wouldn't get picked up, so whatever. I think Biega's already gone through that process, though. He's uh, on the taxi squad. Yeah, Oh. okay. Yeah, that would make sense then. I mean, they could send someone else to Grand Rapids or whatever. So uh, their only option at this point to send down would be Brome. Sure. Yeah, so that's not happening. So Luke Glendening, um, it, the argument people love to lump Luke Glendening in with guys like Nielsen and Philpola and Darren Helm, and not it's not fair at all. So Luke Glendening, and it's the I get I know the reason they do it because Luke Glendening does not put up points, and they only like guys that put up points. So it it. Luke Glendening is on the team to play defense. He's on the team to win you face-offs. He's on the team to get in corners and win puck battles. Win a battle, yep. Just be a penalty killer. Just be a a guy that, that gets in the dirty areas, gets the puck out, moves it around. And I could understand why he's only had his first three-point game because Luke Glendening's job on the team is not to get points. That's secondary mm-hmm. for him. But to group him in with guys like Philpola and guys like uh, fucking Franz Nielsen, that is not fair at all. And it's more than one person that's done this. And if it was a one-person incident, I might not bring it up. Three people today 
And it's not Facebook people, it's Twitter people. So before people say, oh, you need to get off Facebook. No, it's Twitter people lumping Luke Glendening in with with guys like Nielsen saying that, oh, Luke Glendening is shit because he, basically because he doesn't score goals. And that's... Right, well, we, we gush over Brome and he hasn't had a single fucking point either. No, and he's looked phenomenal, but that's yeah. not that's not Luke Glenn. But they're also job. different players. Exactly. So Luke Glenn Denning is there to do. He's a role player. He's the number one faceoff pl- guy in the league. Yeah, the league. And we the, talked about this last week. He, that that hasn't changed in four games since we last talked. No, it's actually like gone up. Last yes. <laughs> the fifth game faceoff percentage last game was sixty six point seven percent. Luke Glendening's faceoff percentage right now is at 65.6. He's got 16 blocks, 16 hits. His average time on ice is 13 minutes and 12 seconds a night. And it's like he's he's played 15 games, all the games this season. He's he's a force on the ice, and he does the job he is put here to do. Mm-hmm. Luke Glendening twice has gotten Selkie votes. Um, last season he got Selkie votes and in 2015-16 he got Selkie votes. So he's here not to score. He's not here to show up on the sheet. If he does, it's a bonus. He's here to battle and lumping him in with guys like Franz Nielsen is a million time, a million percent unfair. That's Mm -hmm. very unfair to Luke Glendening because they are nowhere near the same caliber player because they're not the same style player. No, not at all. I mean, you brought Franz Nielsen in to be an offensive force. I, uh, okay, let me rephrase that. You should, I shouldn't say force. You brought Franz you Nielsen brought in to, to be Steven Stamkos. <laughs> you brought him in to be an offensive playmaker to make your team better. He did that for part of a year, you could say, for a season. And then it's been downhill ever since. Because he was technically, because we lost on the Stamkos sweepstakes that was never even a sweepstakes. Um, he was your number two go go get guy after Datsuk left and you didn't get Stamkos. So what do you do? You sign Franz Nielsen to a multi-year deal after having great seasons in New York with, with the Islanders. But again, playing with a guy like John Tavares who likely inflated those totals. And he just yeah, hasn't well, lived up to that. He also was a, what a second line center on the, no, but Islanders you had a better skill set coming over here from the Islanders, arguably, because Detroit was now at their tail end. They were getting ready to not be a playoff. They had one year of playoff, I think, with him on the roster. And it's been downhill ever since. But he has regressed with the team every year. He and also has been worse and worse every single he year. He also right? was like 32 when you brought him over here. True. So, you, you I mean, you're going to start regressing and mm-hmm. then just keep going. But it's interesting that uh, I'm just look, I love looking at the awards category. Last season, 2019-20, um, Franz Nielsen got Lady Bing votes. So that's interesting. I mean, good for him. <laughs> he got, uh, what is it, one? One third vote for the Lady Bing. Oh, okay. All In right. the company of Joe Thornton, who got one third vote, and uh, Jack Eichel, who got one third vote. Okay. So, um, yeah, you. My, I guess the, the point is, just leave Glenn Denning alone. We, yeah. We've got him for this year. He could be traded. There was a reason that like Ken Holland would not let him go for anything less than, I think, a third-round mm-hmm. pick. Because he's worth it on a team, like a contending team, 
would love to plug Luke Glendening in their bottom six. Oh, absolutely. He's also worth it. it on a team like the Red Wings because we always talk about this, and and they always talk about it over there, and you know, in the Red Wing organization, of trying to continue to establish a and and continue not a winning culture, but you know, a culture that works hard and a cu- culture that continues to, even if you're losing the game five to one, there's still guys out there that are competing their asses off and if you look Luke Glendening is that type of player that you know you could be losing five to one and he's having his best game because he's just putting his balls on the table and just playing his heart out and he continues to do that and even in the Red Wings worst games of the season he's always maybe not the best player on the ice but he's always working his ass off and you know there's a, there's a lot to be said for players like that um, and there's a lot of time for players like that not only on the Red Wings but also on teams you know that are contending as well yeah and mm-hmm. for once I'm gonna let Tyler have the final word and that was the final word because I'm not even gonna do Final thoughts tonight because there's some stuff I have to go over before final thoughts. So uh, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at rdryan33, and you can follow Tyler on Twitter at sealdog91, and you can follow me on Twitter at bringing the wing, and you can find the follow the Grindline podcast on Twitter at Grindline Pod. Um, to wrap up, um, you know all our sponsor stuff. You use our promo code Grindline at Howie's Hockey Tape and bring hockey back to get uh, a discount on your orders and we love founders because they're official beer we are going to be joining um the hockey podcast network cool stuff so you will be able to find our podcast there i believe we are going not this episode but the next episode we've got a whole switcheroo we've got to do with our feed and all this confusing stuff that frankly none of you care about so uh, that you'll be able to find our podcast. It'll be promoted a little bit more. We'll get some sponsors. We'll be out in a few more markets and kind of being able to be found in a central hub called the Hockey Podcast Network. I think we've got friends at uh, Brothers on Discussion. I think they call themselves Red Wings Rant. They've gone through a few different things. They are also on there. Um, it'll be, uh, we'll probably have to do a show with those guys at some point. They also do a lot of wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so should we should totally try to do some cross, cross yeah, pod. Yeah. We'll be doing contamination. We'll be doing some stuff there. Uh, but the, we will be joining the hockey podcast network and, and see how that goes. But, uh, hopefully they have a draft the, Kings promo code for those that are into that thing. Yeah. And I mean, Michigan, you get more into draft. Wait, Kings. So draft Kings is going to be one of our sponsors. Is that what you're draft Kings uh, is hockey a podcast hockey podcast network, network yeah. sponsor. So, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll get some more sponsorships, uh, get our, our podcast out to probably a larger listening base. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's good for uh, both parties, but just a little bit of Absolutely. announcement to make before before we move on. Um, we're also working with um, our friend Danny over at Detroit Red Wings on Tap. If you search them on Twitter, you will find them. You can go to redwingsontap.com. Danny has made us the official podcast of redwingsontap.com. We've got some great writers that do nice. awesome previews and write-ups. Um, we're going to have uh, some... They are going to have a pretty good giveaway pretty soon that we are going to be promoting that's pretty exciting and pisses me off that I can't be a part of it. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Shit. Um, but yeah, just some housekeeping cleanup stuff. We've got big things on the horizon and it's excited to get going uh, into some warmer temperatures where we can get out and maybe be with some people and do some events 
uh, out in public, socially distanced, wearing masks and being nice and safe. So uh, that's beer. Yeah. And drinking beer. But that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.